Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Let's pray together. Um, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We need you. Apart from you, we can do no thing. Help us to remain in you. Help us to stay where you are at. Um, help us to come to, come to you. Uh, and we pray that you would meet us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, once um, when Jesus was, was talking with some people, uh, he was saying some things that were unsettling to them, things that they, that they didn't like. Uh, <clears throat> here's, here's some of the things he was saying. He says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness. They will have light. Uh, so those of us who've grown up in church and we've heard, you know, we've heard I'm lie of the world a bunch of times. Uh, so we, we take it for granted or, you know, we've heard Jesus say I'm the lie of the world. So we're like, yeah, I get it. But um, imagine if you've never heard those words before. Like imagine you, you've never heard anyone say I'm, I'm the lie of the world. And, and if you can get in that space. And then the first time you hear someone say it is being said by a human being standing in front of you. So unsettling, <laughs> unsettling to have a person say, hey, guess what? I'm the lie of the world. And he goes on, though. He says, I'm the lie of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness. They will have light. They will have life. And then he goes on to say this. You are from below. I am from heaven. You are from this world. I am not from this world. I've told you that you will die. You would die in your sins. This will happen if you don't believe that I am he. If you don't believe, you will certainly die in your sins. I'm super strong words from some dude off the street that you don't know. Especially if he's talking directly to you. I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, and, and I just let me just say this. So if you've ever been walking down the street in like downtown Detroit or even downtown on the Arbor, and there's some street preacher up there talking, and then he starts talking to you, it's unsettling. It's uncomfortable, especially if they're saying, you're going, you're going to hell, or anything like that. The people who were there that day have this, have this really strong response, this natural response to what Jesus says, and this is what they say. They say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And maybe that's how you would respond to, to someone saying something like that. I'm the, Lord, I'm the light of the world. And if you don't believe in me, you're most certainly dying in your sins. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Which is a super great question to ask Jesus. Um, Jesus tells us who he thinks he is. <laughs> because who Jesus thought he was while he was here on earth um, informed all his decision-making. All the things that we admire about Jesus, we see him do or we see him say, that the things of love that we just, we're super into, all those things are based on who he thinks he is. 
Um, and, and, and imagine Jesus doing doing the great things that, that you, you know, we have in our minds when we read in the, read in the Bible. Um, imagine him doing those things without having a clear idea about who he is. So I'm going to flip that question on you. Um, who, do you who do you think you are? Who do you think that you are? And your answer to this question will have a lot to do with the kind of quality of life you live. Um, do you have an answer to that question? Or do, you, do you even know where to begin? Today I'm starting this new series um, called Openness Unhindered. It's based on a book by a woman named Rosaria Butterfield. Um, and it's about answering this question for ourselves. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And how should we, how should we answer a question like that? Who do you think you are? Many of us answer, answer that question, you know, on our social media by what we present or what we show to people. This is, you know, this is how I want, to, I want people to think of me or what, how, I, how I want to say, this is who I am to the world. Uh, and, and even if, if those of you guys who use Instagram, there's a space even that you can use a quote or write some words to say, this is who I am. And so some people will say, um, you know, their name and they'll say like mom and grandma and etc. or spicy food eater or uh, musician or artist or influencer. Uh, and, and, now, and now you've added, you know, under your, uh, under your name and then under the things you think you are, you add your pronouns like they, them, there, or he, him, his. And we, and we put things out there like this to the world, you know, these are all ways we're saying, you know, we're answering the question, who do you think you are? This is, this is who I am. This is who I want you to think about when you think about me. We often answer questions like, you know, who do you think you are by asking ourselves other questions. We ask ourselves questions like, um, what do I like? What do I like to read? Or who do I love? Or what people, what, what kind of people am I tra- uh, attracted to? Or what kind of people do I feel most comfortable around? Or, you know, where, where do I live? Or what gender am I? Or, and all these parts of ourselves that, you know, the, the parts of ourselves that we really click with, or we feel most gratified by, or, you know, just seem right to us, um, those are the parts we draw our identity from. And that's how we answer the question, who do, we, who do I think I am? And obviously, clearly, part of what I, what I want to bring up is, is that the best way? In the beginning of all things, um, God created the world. Um, those of us who are Jesus followers, we believe that in the beginning of all things, God, God created the world. Um, he created the first two people who ever lived, Adam and Eve. And when he created them, he put them in a specific place and gave them instructions and commands to follow. This is, this is what it sounded like. It says, the Lord formed a man. He made him out of the dust of the ground. And God breathed uh, the breath of life into him. And the man became a living person. And the Lord God put the man in the Garden of Eden. He put him there to farm its land and take care of it. And the Lord God gave the man a command. He said, you may eat fruit from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you will certainly die. So in four short verses, we get a little bit of clarity around who Adam is and who he's not. Um, Adam's created. He's made. He is an author, and Adam's author is a person, not a human, but a person with a design and a purpose for Adam. And he, he, he can understand that by paying attention, 
how he was made, where he was put, and what commands he was given. And if you, if you think about the verses I just shared, there's a, there's, a, there's a point. He's made, he's put, and he's given commands. And part of what's happening there is clarity. About who, to answer this question, who do I think I am? Who do I think I am? Imagine, um, imagine this for a second. Um, imagine you get hired at a factory, um, and uh, imagine that you applied online, though. And so you, 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 you get hired for the job, but, and you know where it is, but you don't know who, to answer, who you're answering to, and you're not clear about what exact role you're going you're gonna to do. You've just been told you need to show up at 8 a.m. on Monday. So at 7.55, you show up, and you walk into the building, and when you walk into the door, there's a group of people in a half circle who are just sitting there waiting. And they're not saying anything. And since you're new, you walk in and you, you, you okay, I guess I'm supposed to sit and I'm supposed to wait. And so you wait right along with them. And while you're sitting there, you start to wonder, am I in the right place or... Is someone going to step up and, you know, say what I'm supposed to be doing here? Or you, you, you start to question yourself. Uh, you, start to, you start to ask yourself questions. What am I doing here? Who's in charge? And, and does anyone else know what they're doing? And so you ask all these questions in your mind. But when, like at 8 a.m., a whistle blows and a woman steps forward and she starts telling people, okay, you go here. She starts, she's got a chart. She says, you go here. She gives commands. She gives instructions. She tells people what to do. She didn't tell you her name. She didn't introduce herself. But there is a clarity of roles based on her actions. And now I want you to think about this. So if she did that, and then you, then you got up and said, uh, Miss, excuse me, and you grabbed her by the arm and said, we're not going to do any of that today. Here's what she would say to you. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Because by your actions, you're assuming something. So maybe the Lord doesn't, doesn't say, listen, Adam, I'm the boss. But there's clarity of roles based on what he's doing. He says, I made you. I put you in a specific place. I'm going to give you a command about some specific things that I want you to do. You've got questions. Come to me. And um, then there's this. The serpent was more clever than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And the serpent said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat fruit from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. Do not even touch it. If you do, you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. God knows that you, when you eat fruit from that tree, you will know things you've never known before. Like God, like God, you will be able to tell the difference between good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree's fruit was good to eat and pleasing to look at, so um, she also saw that it would make a person wise. So let me pause and just say this. When he leads with the question, did God really say? <laughs> I wonder what would happen if Eve said, you know what? That's a great question. Let's go ask him. You want to come with me to ask him? Why don't we start there? Why don't we start with 
basking in him. You know, you've been like, oh, yeah, I was just playing. You know, you, <laughs> you go on and do that. The woman saw that the tree's fruit was good for eat, good to eat and pleasing to look at. She also saw that it would make a person wise. So Eve reached up to grab a piece of fruit. And, and what, what, what if at that moment, God stepped in and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who do you think you are? Or, or even better, and, and, and not in a condescending kind of way, like a t- I told you so kind of way, but, but if Adam stepped in and said, whoa, 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 he grabbed him, whoa, whoa, who do you think you are? Remember what, ha- remember what, remember what was said? Remember what was commanded to us or, or, or said to us? Who, who do you think you are? Because clearly, by your actions, you are saying that you are someone that you are not. Our actions are often informed by who we think we are. So in the, in the Canty household, um, we have this, this classic home video uh, that, that we all love and we all talked about. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a video of my daughter at her first dance recital. And at that dance recital, my daughter Silver, she is given the role of like lead dancer or lead person in this. And she's like, you know, four or five years old. So she's, she's in this role. She's the lead dancer. And what's basically happening is they go from one corner. And again, since they're so young, they go from one corner of the stage to the other corner of the stage. Silver starts, the other girls follow, and they get back in line and they do the same, do similar things across the stage again. So what happens um, is everything goes really smoothly throughout the throughout the, the performance. Silver goes across, girls come back, and then this one time, this one girl comes back, and when she gets over to one side of the stage, she stands in front of Silver. And Silver gives her this look like, and we have this on video, it's beautiful. She's like, and the look is this. Who do you think you are? And then Silver does this. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment. What that girl was saying, what that girl was saying when she pranced across the stage and she stood in front of Silver is, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. And she didn't, have to, she didn't have to pull Silver aside and whisper in her ear, I'm the leader now. She didn't have to say any of that. She was saying it by what she was doing. So when Eve is reaching up to grab that piece of fruit, she's saying, I make the rules here. If I want to do this, I can do it. I'm like God too. We're on the same, we're on, we're on the same level. God said not to do it, but I decided that it's okay. I decided that it's okay. Clearly, you think you're someone when you're doing something that you're, you shouldn't do when you're not. And Eve's, and when she's, she has, when she's processing this, this question, she has to be thinking, you know, I have the right to make these kind of decisions. Who's going to hurt? Who's going to hurt? Who's going to hurt? And from her perspective, it's not going to hurt anyone. And, and thinking... I'm God too. I can make these kind of decisions. Now, imagine, imagine if the fruit looked like this. Imagine if the piece of fruit looked like this. And God said, hey, um, don't eat the fruit. If you do, then you'll die. Eve would have been like, okay, I'm totally on board with that. 
That makes sense. That looks like if I eat that, that's going to hurt me. That's going to hurt me. That makes sense to me. But here's my, here's my question for us in this room today. What about when it doesn't make sense? What about when God's asking you to do something that does not make sense to you? What about then? Who, 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 gets, to, who gets to be the final say on that, on that decision? We do, right? We do. We are the ones who decide who we really are. And when we decide that, when you, when you, when you make that decision, this is what you're saying, even if you're not saying it out loud. I know as much as you do. And it would totally be appropriate for God to step in and be like, hold on. I see what you're doing here. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? What are you doing? Because even though we're not coming out and saying, hey, God, I know just as much as you do, or I'm I'm God. And because Adam and Eve's sin comes in their decision, there's all kinds of consequences. All the consequences of sin come with it. Listen to this. It says this. Um, Sin entered entered the world because of one man sinned, and death came because of sin. Everyone sinned, so death came to all people. So one man's sin brought guilt to all people. Many people were made sinners because one man did not obey. Which, when I read this, I'm kind of like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why am I guilty because of someone else's sin? Why why am I a sinner because somebody else didn't obey? And and so I I would say this. Technically, you are not a sinner because somebody else didn't obey. But when Adam went... When Adam let sin in the door, he passed down to me the inclination to sin, the tendency to sin, a leaning, a bent, a a bent towards sin, a a thing in me that says, I want to do it my way. And my children, particularly, particularly one of my children, I see the same kind of stubborn pride that's in them. We can watch it play out almost exactly the same way as it plays out in me. And when it's happening, my wife kind of looks at me like, hmm. And did I pass that on because they watch me? Or in a more internal way? Probably both. Probably both. The Apostle Paul is one of the early church leaders. He says it in this way. He says this. I know that good itself does not dwell in me. I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. There's a fist fight going on in me. Me versus me. He says, nothing good dwells in me, in my sinful nature, in my flesh, my, my, my corrupted natural desires. I want to come back to that. Remember that. 
Nothing good dwells in my corrupted natural desires. I want to come back to that. So he says this, I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what's good but I cannot carry it out. Deep inside me, I find joy in God's law though. I see another law at work in me. It fights against the law of my mind and it makes me a prisoner to the law of sin. That law controls me. Paul says, there's something in me that I'm fighting with, with all my might, but it still ends up controlling me. And I say, I, I, I say, I say that that's how one man's sin brings guilt to all people. Because of Adam, passed down to me, Paul is saying there's this, there's this inclination, inclination to be impatient, or this inclination to be self-seeking, or to be irritable, or, or um, to, to, to think of myself first, to lack graciousness when I talk to people, or lack kindness when, when I get tired. Um, it's the inclination to think of myself first, and I cannot stop, no matter how hard I try, that thing in me. Good does not dwell in me. <laughs> In my corrupted desires that naturally, the things that come naturally to me, there's no good in them. That's passed down to me, that's let in the room by Adam at the beginning of time. Rosaria Butterfield, she says it like this. She says, thousands of years before I was born in the garden, when sin entered the world, Adam's fall rendered my deep and primal feelings untrustworthy and often untrue. Think about what she's saying here. Thousands of years before I was born in the garden, when sin entered the world, Adam's fall rendered my deep and primal feelings untrustworthy and often untrue. Do you see what she's saying? You see what Paul is saying? She's saying, Adam passed on to me this bent, this inclination towards sin, this tendency to believe lies, the tendency to lean into lies and say, I like that. I want to be about that. And she's saying, in me, there's this thing in regards to answering the question, who do I think I am? I cannot be trusted to answer that question on my own. But it's hilarious how we love to answer that question on our own. I cannot be trusted to answer the question, who do I think I am on my own? Because I have things in me that desire things counter to the truth and counter to Christ. I have a tendency to believe things that suit me, things that I just want to something very powerful living in me that will kill me. I can't be trusted to determine who I am and what I was made for and what I'm doing here. And when I determine who I am, I can't begin with what I like or what I prefer or what's important to me. Or I can't begin there. I can't begin there. When I, when I do that, it's like if I had leukemia and I needed a blood transfusion and then I did it using my own blood. Well, who's help? That's not going to help anything. I've got to to get something better to begin with. I got to get something better running through my veins than my own blood. So, clarity about who I am comes from beginning with who created me, where he put me, and what he commanded me. And I don't like it. 
I don't like beginning with him. I want to begin with me. But when I do begin with me, I'm going to be wrong. Eventually, I'm going to be wrong. When I, uh, when I begin with me, I'm vulnerable to the whims of my heart, which is all over the place. I'm vulnerable to who the world says I am. But if I begin with Christ, the cornerstone, if I begin with Christ, there's so much power there. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. I begin with you and who you say I am. And if you say something that's counter to what I think, I'm, well, you made me, you put me, you commanded me, so I'm going to start with that. I'm going to start with that. I'm going to start with that. And the way that I'm, pro- I'm able to properly answer the question, who do you think you are, is by coming to him, holding nothing back from him. I'm honest I'm honest. I'm honest about my desires. I'm honest about the things that I want, that are important to me, the battles that I'm fighting. I'm honest about those with him. I lay it all out, coming to him, all openness, unhindered. So when the apostle Paul first becomes a Jesus follower, that's his approach to teaching Christ. Listen to this. It says, now Paul stayed two full years in his own rented lodging, welcomed all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God, teaching things about the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. And this is, this is a huge problem in church world, and you guys know this. People, when they come to us, they are not allowed to come with all openness unhindered. If they do, we're like, whoa, close that. Paul says, when I, when I welcome people, I welcome them with all openness unhindered. Un, there's nothing between me and you and you and God Bring it on. All those wrecked, wild, crazy desires, bring them here and let's work them out together. Let's begin with him. Let's begin with him. I I want us to be about that. Openness demands that we hold nothing back from God, that, that the, the, the will, he will, clear, he will, he will provide clarity to to. to to who we are, but we give him our hearts, our dreams, our inclinations, our desires, our struggles, our, our, our identity. We come to him with it all. And all the things that you think we are, bring it. Bring it. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. And this, if you're a Jesus follower, this is where we're going to land. I am crucified with Christ. I don't know. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. He lives through me. I begin with him. I begin with him. Unhindered means you don't, you don't, that, that my failures don't hold me back. My sin nature, my, my tendency, my leaning towards sin, it can't be trusted, but it doesn't hold me back. It leads me to commit. You know better. So when you're answering the question, who do you think you are, what do you begin with? What do you begin with? How do you start that conversation? Do you begin with what comes natural to you, what's important to you, or do you begin with Christ? 
Do you begin with your struggle to define yourself, or do you begin with Christ? Do you begin to 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 do you begin with what you're attached to, or, or do you begin with Christ? Do you begin with what you've been able to accomplish, or do you begin with Christ? I'm super drawn to to trying to to to, to identify myself by what I've done. Look at what I've done, or look at what I've not done. It's only in putting myself to death and beginning with Christ that I find out the right answer to who do you think you are. So when Jesus was asked, who do you think you are? He answered this. He said this. He says, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but just speak what the father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do what pleases him. Jesus, who do you think you are? When you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know. Then you will know. I am He, and I do nothing, I do nothing on my own, but just speak what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases Him. Today, uh, we're going to take communion together, and um, I would I would like for you to decide or commit to the thought of being lifted up, lifted up on a cross like Christ, determining that you know nothing, you know nothing on your own, but just what the Father has taught you. And I feel like it's such a brilliant thing for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come down to earth and for him to say things like, I don't do anything and I don't know anything apart from what the Father tells me. It's just a perfect example for us to start with, I don't know anything. Daryl, who do you think you are? I don't even know. Here, here, I, don't, I don't even know. I'm just going to start with what the Father tells me. I want to invite you into that command. I want to invite you into that, com- that command. Would you be willing to begin with Christ for who you are? Would you be willing to lay down your identities that you've built up and begin with Christ? Would you, again, I, this is, this is it. This is because he is for you, not against you. I would love for you to agree to do that today. During this time of of remembering his life and his death and resurrection, all the things that you want to become are on the other side of hard. Laying those things down. On the other side of laying your life down for Christ. Would you be willing to do those things today? Let's pray together before we take communion. Dear Father, uh, when you are telling us giving us commands when you've put us put us in a place maybe that we don't even want to be at and you give us commands it feels like you are not for us it feels like you are against us and that you intend uh, you intend to, to, to just kill us but if we are following Christ you intend for us to put ourselves to death so that you can resurrect us. And everything, everything that we want to be, the best, the deepest desires of our heart are found in you. And so I pray during this time of communion that, 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 
Each of us would agree to that. And, and for some of us, maybe it means that we've never done that before and we need to, we need to agree to let you do that in our lives, to be baptized, to, to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. And I pray that if that's the case, that, that that would happen today, that we would agree to that today. Give us the strength to make those kinds of decisions because we cannot make them on our own. Apart from you, we are nothing We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.